Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is a show where we cover the news from the video games industry. We cover consoles, PCs, mobile, uh, a lot of things actually. Anything that has to do with gaming. Today we have some news about the Nintendo Switch online account service thing that you're going to have to start paying for. And uh, we have some news for the E3, you know, the E3, the thing that happens in June and that has a lot of announcements for games. Um, this is thanks to a leak, which we'll give you the details of in just a few minutes. We also have a bunch of other little tidbits, some happy, some less happy. Uh, but first, let me introduce myself, Patrick Beja. I'm your host and I'm very glad to be welcoming once again, Ed Mitchell. How's it going, Ed? I'm... Everything's good over here, doing well. Uh, only woke up about 45 minutes after Patrick said we should start, so we're all good. <laughs> Everything's good here. Did you literally just wake up like five yeah. minutes ago when you sent me yeah. the first message? My, my alarm went off and then I looked up my phone and I saw like three <laughs> messages from you and I was like, oh, hey, uh, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> we're supposed to do a show. Well, you know what? We're yeah. doing it now. So it's almost, almost as good. Uh, but Let's start with the Nintendo Switch online service details that were announced a few days ago. Um, so this has been, well, it was pre-announced. They said that they were going to have this uh, service that would launch at the uh, fall of 2018 and that we would need to start paying to be able to play online on the Switch. And uh, they didn't have all the details, but we pretty much could figure out from the little tidbits they had given what it was going to be. Um, so here's what it is. It's 20 bucks a month. It's way more expensive per month if you don't subscribe for for a year. Oh, did I say 20 bucks bucks a month? No, it's 20 bucks <laughs> a year. Uh, way more expensive if you subscribe for less than a year. There are options for a month or three months. Um, it allows you to save your data, your game uh, saves, on in the cloud so you can finally uh, manage to do that on your switch so if you lose it then you don't have to lose all of your save data um, and it also gives you access to 20 nes games uh, that are basically that have added functionality online functionality stuff like that um, which are some really uh, people will remember fondly games uh, and some games that are a little bit filler. Uh, there's, you know, Mario, Super Mario, Zelda, the first one, stuff like that. Um, so first, quick uh, impressions on this service. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I wish they would kind of in, include more than just uh, some NES games. Um, mm. 
you know, like the the games that they they listed as, as kind of examples. Um, I mean, they're they're great. Uh, Legend of Zelda One is a fantastic game, and Super Mario Brothers is is a classic, obviously. Um, but I mean the as as people started to realize when the NES Classic came out, the the games for the NES are are kind of hard to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you compare that to the Super NES, the Super NES games are still they're still I mean the NES games are classics, but uh, I think it's much easier to go back to Super Super NES games uh, because of the game design has aged a lot better than uh than the nes games uh i yeah. think that it's it's a massive disappointment that there's no virtual console um and they've stated especially... the the virtual console yeah. uh, you know that banner under which they're putting all the games is not coming back and i can talk about this in a second but um right yeah i mean that that doesn't mean that that the idea of selling old nintendo games on the switch is is just not going to happen it just means that they're not going to call them virtual console games um, and i think the the reason why people are disappointed that it's not coming back under the banner of virtual console uh is that there was a hope that maybe you could still have the games you had already bought on the virtual right. console and that's yeah, and the, that, the that's, disappointment that, and maybe that that's why a, they're not bringing it back but uh. that that is a bit a big thing um i think that I think that them not doing that is kind of a disservice to uh, the people that were were loyal to them during the era of the Wii U, where uh, where the, I mean they didn't sell a lot of those, um, but it, the Wii U is still the the console where you can play every single Zelda game mm-hmm. um, that's ever been made. You know, like just as an example. Yeah, um, I like the idea as well. I, I bought a bunch of stuff that I was hoping were going to come back. Uh, made, I mean, hoping against hope. I know Nintendo isn't in the habit of, of being <laughs> nice to its customers in that way. Um, I, I mean, I bought like Mario Galaxy, I think one and two. I bought uh, yep. Metroid Prime. Yep. I bought a bunch of stuff, which, yeah, sadly. Um, and maybe those weren't virtual consoles. Maybe they were just Wii titles that you had to reboot your Wii U and Wii mode to play. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. The mm. the virtual console ones are, are like the are the N sixty four and Super right, right, NES right, right, and yeah. NES games that and and I think Game Boy too that were available on the Wii U. Um, yeah. there, there was there was talk about maybe virtual console including the GameCube games on the on the Switch because now it's a more powerful console, obviously. So uh, the the fact that there's just no talk about it and they're just completely ignoring that part of their fan base when the the Switch is an obvious. An, an obvious great use case for that i think that well, is uh it's kind of a disappointment on my, yeah on my perspective. i think for for me definitely the nes games are the nes games are the least interesting uh, of the yeah. bunch um and the snes games are way more as you said playable for gameplay reasons but also for graphics reasons the 16-bit yeah era has aged a lot a lot better than the 8-bit era um, yeah i mean which... link to the past is still is still a classic super mario world is still yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a fantastic game and i think um, those might be coming to the uh, retro consoles you know offering that they have with the 20 games that you can play as long as you're subscribed they're going to be rotating some in and out and i think they're keeping some you know um announcements to 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 be able to say in a year like now we're having super nes yeah, games and right. next next year it's going to be like gamecube games or n64 games and stuff like that so so yeah. so, so to comment on the save uh, the save cloud backup thing i think yeah. that i think that that is something that 
a lot of people think should have been like baked into the console to begin with and you shouldn't have to pay extra for um the the so xbox has and ps4 have save um data back up in the cloud um i think you need like, to pay for those but at least on you ps4 you can uh save on the usb drive yeah, exactly. So you yeah. can pl- you can save in a, in another place, um, and especially that, on the portable device. Like mm-hmm. if you lose it, th- this is almost like you have to to or get take the service or because yeah, like that. the the portable device obviously the PS4 it's going to be if it breaks down, which and the Xbox it's probably not going to happen. We're not in the Xbox 360 era anymore, <laughs> uh, and you can even if it does, you can maybe salvage the hard drive, but then it's encrypted, so maybe not. But I mean, obviously the Switch is very portable, so much more likely than so- that something will happen to your save games. So it's almost uh, not quite, but it's kind of a little bit mandatory to get the the the, the service which feels right. bad yeah i mean so like if we're talking about the the kind of different parts that are that are offering for this game the, the for our for this service uh we already talked about how the the nes games are are kind of not a great part for, from our perspective for it um uh, some people love the the nes game so it'll be a good nostalgia trip but um and then the say data cloud backup we think we should be kind of baked in um maybe mm. or have some other kind of alternative and so that just leaves the online play which um i i didn't buy splatoon 2 or arms and i played mario kart 8 like mostly with my wife and not online anyway so um i don't know it, the i don't know so here's <laughs> I what i think will play. happen on my end i will not get it until yeah. i do you know, for whatever games comes game comes out that I want to play online for a week, and then I'll promptly forget about it and probably renew it automatically without thinking about it. I think right. that's what's going to happen. I don't think I need I th- it, but it's cheap enough that I don't. You know, it's a third of the price of the other ones of the PlayStation and, and yep. Xbox prices, yep. which they had to do. Uh, it offers. Does it offer less? I guess it doesn't really offer the, the free games yes. in the same pl- in the same way. The, yeah. The- the games that you get for PlayStation Plus and, and Xbox uh, are actual current games are, or like six months old or a year better. old. Yeah. 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 But, but you know, it's also a lot cheaper. It doesn't feel great. But on the other hand, on Nintendo's end, um, they're basically creating, let's say, you know, they now have, what, 17 million consoles. Let's say, uh, 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 t- uh, what, half of the, maybe not half, uh, a quarter of the people buy uh, the service. That's 5 million roughly, let's you know, mm-hmm. adjust. 5 million times 20, that's 10, uh, what? Uh, oh, wait, I can't count. 10, 10 um, 5 times know. 20 is 100. So <laughs> is it 100 million a year that they get for all of this? For 5 no. million consoles? For 5 million consoles. That doesn't yeah. track. No, 20? I can't count. 20. Five times yes, 20 100. is 100. And that's 100 million. million a year they get from like yes. <laughs> out of nowhere that they, they didn't have the, right. the service previous, right. previously. So they, they are going to generate that amount of money. And maybe thanks to that amount of money, they're going to uh, improve the service a little bit because they've never had stellar online service on, on the console. Um, 
I don't know what it's kind of fine. You you do it as well, and I'm fine with having to pay for online service on PlayStation Four and and Xbox One when I when I use them. It's just it feels like this is a half step because I don't get right. the bonuses yeah, that yeah. I get on the other one. But it's cheaper, so I don't know. It's probably the best way they could do it for it being competitive or semi-competitive. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, if they start, I, th- I think I'm, I'm not going to sign up, uh, like you said, to start. And if they start, like, uh, adding more, um, adding more, like, not NES games to the... To the Ooh, uh, if they add up. SNES games, I think I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, 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 me too. Mm, yeah, that's another reason to get it. But uh, are you a Smash I person? Think they ha- Sorry? Are you a Smash player? Uh, not. I'm not okay. really. I mean, are you not, a... Not Pokemon player? Yes, but not online. So that... I always play those games uh, single player and then I put it down. Mm. Yeah, but what if they have some awesome function online functionality for both of those games? Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, Smash maybe. obviously will do, but okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's it's okay. It's an okay service. And I'm sure, I mean, it, I'm sure it feels not great for people who were playing the games online already to now have to pay for it, but it yeah. sounds like they didn't let us know first uh, yeah, you know right, at the beginning right. so. uh what else we have some rumors some uh, e3 leaks that have been starting thanks to our friends in canada um we have uh, walmart to thank for this they had a bunch of uh placeholder products that went basically live with the placeholder graphics, which were no graphics for the most part, and a lot of titles. And uh, this, we weren't too sure they were actually um, real, but Bethesda went and played around with the one of the announcements, which was Rage 2, and basically confirmed it. So it kind of leads... Uh, credence to the idea that all of them are going to be real. Uh, the ones we have is are uh, Super Smash Bros., not a surprise, Borderlands 3, not a surprise either, Assassin's Creed. Uh, that's uh, actually a little bit of a surprise. Oh, is uh, it? The, the, reason, the reason why is because they've, they've been teasing Borderlands 3 for a Yeah, very we know long it's time. in development and it's been for a while. And we knew it was in development, uh, but like nothing <laughs> you've heard nothing about that game and the, mm. the fact that it's going to to be announced potentially e3 and come out the, later this year is is actually kind of a big deal well it's not necessarily going to come out it's it's it might be for pre-orders and stuff like that because they want to yeah. be ready but yeah but yeah you're right maybe maybe they it will be games that that are coming out uh you know i think uh randy pitchford pitchford had has been teasing it for so long I think mm-hmm. it's possible it's going to come out uh, this year. And it's also... Well, I, I was expecting it to be announced, so I'm not very surprised. Right. Um, Assassin's Creed, which means they probably are going to be releasing uh, a game this year after uh, last year's game, which means they're not taking a break. Like, we might have expected them to now have a biannual uh, rhythm, which apparently it's still annual. Um, Destiny Comet. Uh, Comet was the name of the first real expansion, the Taken King, the code name, uh, a long time ago. Maybe uh, this expansion will fix Destiny 2, um, <laughs> which 
it's in need of fixing. Um, Lego DC Villains, Dreams, which we know is coming. Uh, Rage 2, as I said, that was a surprise. We didn't know that was a thing because Rage was not... We didn't know uh, that anyone, anyone wanted that, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I was listening, I think, to DLC, Excellent Gaming Show, uh, and mm -hmm. I think it's Christian Spicer who mentioned, you know, Doom, when they announced the remake, we sort of were, not the remake, but the reboot, we were like, oh, maybe, do we want a new Doom? Just let the franchise rest in peace. Same with Wolfenstein, and both of those have been amazing. And, um, and I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I've seen the trailers. Have you seen the trailer that uh, Bethesda released for Rage 2? No, I haven't. Okay, it is not great. It's like, <laughs> it's super, it's super edgy. Like, it's cringy. It's punks. It's not quite steampunk, but it's like super rebel. It's like 80s punk. It's neon punk. Um, <laughs> and it's live actors being super edgy on camera with like this weird Mad Max neon vibe that doesn't work at all. They're trying so hard with this trailer to be, uh, yeah, we're punky edgy and we're cool. And it, it falls completely flat for me. Um, now the, the game itself seems to be, to have nothing to do with that imagery. Um, so even with that, it's just a trailer. The game might look awesome, might be awesome. The first one was, you know, cool enough. It was kind of an average game. Um, kind of a disappointment given that it was the big uh, title from id Software with Carmack, Carmack, <laughs> Carmack behind it. But um, yeah, it's we'll see. The trailer really did not do it for me, though. And by the way, between Borderlands 3 and this one, one of the rage land or border rage uh couple it has to be good right one of them will be good so yeah yeah i mean i i, I think borderlands always has always been like a uh a kind of tongue-in-cheek game anyway mm. um so so I, I i don't see that like really changing with borderlands 3 no, me neither. I think what I'm expecting, what I'm hoping for Borderlands 3 is maybe a little bit of a reinvention of the franchise. I would be a little bit disappointed if it's just, you know, uh, handsome, what's his face again, and, you know, yeah. the exact same thing, but with better graphics. That, I would be a right. little bit sad. Um, then we have, like, uh, the last game is Insurgency Sandstorm, which it's on an Xbox, and I have no idea what it is. Uh, do, do you know? Is that a new I thing? Or it's no a thing? series, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's a, uh, not, not a series, but it is a, um, a game that came out on Steam back in 2014. Oh, um, okay. It's, it's like a multiplayer shooter. Right, um, coming so 2018, PC, Xbox, I don't know if, I, I don't know if Sandstorm PS4. is intended to be a, um, a console port of the game or if it's intended to be a sequel, um, but it, it's made in Source Engine, so okay, that's kind of, yeah. And the game appears to be in closed alpha or something like that, and it's uh, coming out in 2018. It's already been announced, so all right. Um, and that's about it for the leaks themselves i'm sure there are going to be lots of other things coming but we did have some communication from uh sony and a little bit from ea uh, sony mentioned first of all they talked a little bit about days gone a bit more uh it's still a ways off it's coming 2019 uh but they did mention that uh 
well, they, they made a little bit of communication around. Honestly, it wasn't enough to, um, to, to warrant big news. It's just games. <laughs> Days Gone is going to be 30 hours long for the single player campaign and it's going to be fun and great. All right. We, <laughs> we already knew that or hoped for that. Uh, they did mention, however, that their showcase at E3 is going to be a little bit different than it's been in the past. They're going to focus heavily on uh, three games, on four games, I'm sorry. Um, those are going to be um, Death Stranding, Spider-Man, The Last of Us Part Two, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And they're going to talk about other games as well, but they're going to do a deep dive on those four, which I think makes sense. It's basically their exclusives. They're leaning on Microsoft as much as they can and presenting games that you can only get on this platform when Microsoft has very few of those to present. So it does make sense for them to talk about this because that's going to be the thing that people go to uh, the PlayStation brand for. And many of the games that are going to be presented on uh, the Xbox stage, I'm guessing, are going to be playable on Xbox on PlayStation anyway. Probably, uh, except, oh, actually, I didn't mention uh, we have a Gears of War 5 teased as well. And, um, uh, oh, what's its face? Uh, Splinter Cell that was yeah. in the Walmart um, Walmart uh, uh, leak. I mean, The Division 2, we knew were coming. Final Fantasy uh, Remake 7, 7 Remake, Forza Horizons. Five, so there are going to be some things, probably Forza and uh, Gears of War Five that are going to be uh, presented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, there there are going to be things on the Xbox stage, which I also hope. Well, for Gears of War, I really hope it's not Gears of War Four Two, which was, <laughs> you know, anyway. Um, yeah. Any any. Uh, Thoughts on the Sony thing where they're yeah gonna yeah I think focus um, on... obviously De- Death Stranding is is very um, very like people are waiting to see more and, and actually see maybe <laughs> see some real gameplay from that, um, mm-hmm. that whether we get novel. that or is it completely another story but uh, um, Spider Man comes out this year so this will be the kind of the last big trailer before we uh, in in gameplay probably deep dive before we uh, before that game comes out so that, that September cool. yeah um, yeah. It, the Last of Us Part Two. I don't think that's coming out this year, or maybe it hasn't. Been well, announced. they haven't announced a date, but it would be surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that Ghost of uh, Tsushima, right? Um, is that game? It looks really nice. Uh, I don't know if you watched the trailer for that. Oh yeah, um, it was presented at yeah. the uh, December thing, the PlayStation Experience, it's, I think. Uh, okay, I and then it also it looks like it also was shown at Paris Games Week. So. Um, oh yeah, that was it. That was it. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. That that game looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would be really excited to uh, to kind of see more uh, more of that. And obviously, we haven't seen anything from Sucker Punch since uh, Infamous. Uh, well, I guess Second Son slash First Light. So it, it'll be cool to kind of see them uh, see them kind of stretch out outside of that uh, that shell a little bit. Yeah, I'm very much waiting for. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Japan, and uh, I I was very excited about this. Can you hear the birds? A little birds. bit. That's fine. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's what it's like living in nature. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the th- that game I'm very much looking forward to. Death Stranding. It's not probably not going to be my thing, but 
many people are very excited about it. The Last of Us Part 2, I'm almost like, I don't want to see too much, but that's me. I don't see it coming out until 2019. They might, might announce a date. Um, and yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, we'll, we'll see as well. For, so, for Death Stranding, I think that um, that I'm going to buy that game. And even if I don't like it, it'll still be worth it just to support Kojima's uh, <laughs> like whole thing. Yeah, I haven't, you know, <laughs> Kojima hasn't done it for me in so many years that I'm, and, and this is blasphemy to say this, it's like the, the one thing where I'm uh, absolutely uh, uh, going against the gamer, like core gamer did you not, did you just not like? Texts? Did you just not like the most recent Metal Gears or? No, it was, it was okay. It didn't, I didn't, okay. like I played, I don't know, 10 hours, but it didn't, I didn't get into it. So, and, so uh, I, so I actually just recently, like in the past year, played all the way up through Metagear Solid Four, mm-hmm. and and so I have I'm very fresh in that in that world and in that space right so now. So you want so, more? So I want more. Well, yeah. I can get more right now just by playing the Metagear Solid Five and and, <laughs> and all those, but uh, I just haven't actually sat down and done it yet. Right, right. Yeah, I'm last game that I think. <laughs> this is not a, a show about Kojima, but I think he's a little bit too far <laughs> up his own ass. Like he, he, I am. It's not my thing. Whatever. I mean, there are tons of things that I love that some people really don't like. So um, I'm not trying to say that it's it's not all. It's uh, you know that what people like about it is great. It's just it doesn't work for me. So uh, Anthem is going to be playable solo all the way through. That was a question that people were wondering about. Um, it's definitely looking like it could take uh, Destiny's place. I mean, if the expansion isn't... Uh, it's no secret that people have been very disappointed with Destiny 2, me included, um, and I could absolutely get into a game like Anthem if it's if it, it does uh, what Destiny 2 failed to do. Uh, of course, there's yeah. the expansion that's coming out as well for Destiny, but um... yeah, I mean, when I when I when I first like kind of um, De- the first Destiny came out and the second Destiny came out, that I mean, obviously you were touting it, and and I picked it up, but it it never really stuck with me really. Um, but I think I think Anthem, if if it has a good story to pull you along, then that'll be that'll be worth it to me. It's just Destiny. The the first one had almost no story, and then the second one's uh, it was too late for me to kind yeah. of. Well, the second one that. had very little story. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't. It, it, wasn't it had it had either. something, but it still was a little bit too. It was late so dumb. It was so. It, it dumb. missed the it missed the mark for me. Yeah, I mean, I I'll con- not contradict you, but disagree with you on one thing. For those games, you know, if you're talking about what do I call them? Infinite games, the games you can play forever. What's really important isn't necessarily the story, it's the gameplay. I would say that the gameplay is way more important than the story and the replayability. And Destiny, what it did have going for it was the gameplay. Now, in the second one, they they messed up the replayability, which was the issue. The gameplay is is key. And Anthem might have a great story that that will get you to play through it once, and that's great for many people. But if they want to become a game that you play over and over again with friends, then they need to have more than just the story. So yeah, I mean, for for me, a lot, a lot of games are the the story kind of pulls me through. 
but and and then I get addicted to the gameplay loop, you know, mm-hmm. like get, yeah, like a lot of a lot of RPGs and stuff like that. Like, um, the very first thing that that you experience is really the story, and if that hooks you in, then they start introducing gameplay mechanics until the 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 you get to the end game, and then all of a sudden you're addicted to this gameplay loop that you don't want to put down, you know. Yeah, I can, I I understand that. I think it's it's there are two, you know, there are very different experiences. Yep. Um, yep. Destiny is essentially a Diablo shooter, um, and as we know, the story of Diablo is not maybe its best uh, quality. <laughs> um, might get some hate mail for that, but uh, yeah, I mean, Anthem, I could see it be really motivating if there was this incredible sci-fi uh, epic that would unfold in front of my eyes. I'm just it's a little Bioware. bit. Yeah, it is Bioware, it's true, but for, you know, they can't, if they manage to do that, and what it seems that they're trying to do, which is a Destiny replacement, essentially, a game that you can play over and over again, it's, it's kudos to them. But I think most of the time, games that manage to pull me through their story are games that are uh, designed entirely around the narrative experience. Games from, you know, Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog is probably the best example obviously so yeah i mean we'll see as you're right it is bioware so maybe um and that's about it for the e3 uh, stuff let's move on to smallest bits of news smaller bits of news uh, red dead redemption 2 had uh, has had a third official trailer which i have to say i wasn't so um taken by the initial two trailers but this one um, has sort of made me glimpse a little bit of the drama, of the dramatic qualities of the story. Maybe not even the story, but the the world and the stakes and the way the narrative seems to be built. It doesn't do anything specific. It doesn't say anything specific about the narrative, but it does show glimpses of uh, the, the feeling that you're going to have, hopefully, roaming this world. And uh, for the first time since they, since they started communicating about this game, I'm, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe the, this will do it for me. Not, you know, I think no matter what happens, I'm going to give it a shot, and it's likely that it will do it for me because I loved the first one, as did everyone on the planet, but I just didn't get that feeling uh, for the, from the first trailers, and this one kind of did give me the feeling. So mm-hmm. maybe. Um... What else? You didn't see the trailer? I, I mean, I'm watching it right now, but okay. um, I'm, I've, I've, I was sold on on the the first time it said Red Dead Redemption Two, right. and like, you're one of those you know, like people. Website, like I, I didn't need a free trailer to convince <laughs> me. <laughs> um, sad news for Cliff Lezinski. The Bosky mm. Productions studio has unfortunately uh, folded operations. Uh, of course. Bosky Productions is the studio behind Lawbreakers, which didn't quite hit the mark, probably in part because of the hero shooter frenzy and uh, Overwatch, which took it all, basically. And they, they if you remember, it, was it a month ago or something like that? They, they launched a very, very early access for Radical Heights, which was their take on a Battle Royale game, which when basically one day they said, all right, Lawbreakers no more 
um, but we're still working on stuff. And I was like, yay, maybe they're going to do something cool, something cool. It's Cliff Lezinski. And they then they released a trailer for Radical Heights. And I was like, uh, wait, what now? This yeah, does it, not look like something I want to play. And apparently... It was very unfinished, too. Yeah, very, very unfinished. And it's looking like this was really a last-ditch effort, like a Hail Mary, to try and save the studio because it, it they were probably already, uh, you know, I'm guessing they don't have any more money and uh, they just had to stop. Um, it's sad for Blazinski. He's retiring again. Um, uh, for those who don't remember, he's the guy, be- he was at Epic, the guy behind uh, Gears of War, which was so groundbreaking in its uh, gameplay when it first came out. Um, and yeah, so I'm sad to see the guy uh, have to leave the, um, the industry again and the studio close its doors. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like the, the story was basically done a few couple of months ago and we just didn't know it yet. Yep. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, the, the world is a completely different place now than it was in, uh, in when the first case of war came out. So, Oh, you should uh, tell that to Microsoft cause they keep putting it out exactly the same. Well, they keep putting out Halo too, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I really hope that Gears of War reinvents itself with this. Uh, this, yeah. honestly, if they come out with Gears of War Five with a trailer and some gameplay at this E3, and it's Gears of War Four, which was Gears of War Three, which was Gears of War Two and One, more or less, <laughs> it will seriously. Um, diminish the faith I have in Microsoft. Like, this is a moment where they have to... It's not make or break, quite, because they're still selling millions of consoles, but it feels like this is a chance for them to, uh, to, to show the world that they understand they need to do things a little bit differently. And if they, it's been that for, like, a couple of years, and if they still don't do it, it will... I don't know what to think about Phil Spencer, but <laughs> my opinion will probably change uh, for him. They, they have very... a lot to prove at the C3, yeah. um, just in general. I mean, they, they can they can fall back on their um, Gears of War and Forza and Halo um, for only so long. I, I think that if they don't announce um, something at this E3 that, that is surprising or new or interesting, then... Um, I mean, the PS4 is already already winning and going to win this this this, this generation. Cycle, yeah. But but uh, if yeah. they don't if they don't do something, they they're just gonna fall further in the hole. I think I I would say um, that something can be Gears of War five if it's interesting. You know, I'm very yeah. happy to pull my Xbox One out of uh, storage and plug it back in or even buy an Xbox One X or whatever uh, <laughs> to play an interesting Gears of War 5. Uh, I'm, right. it's, I, literally, I think they're two games away from winning the hearts of people like me who were very big on the Xbox 360 and who were disappointed by the Xbox One X, uh, the Xbox One X. Yes, no, Xbox One. <laughs> um, and anyway, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Dead Cells is coming out of early access in August. Yeah. It's going to be available for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on top of uh, PC. 
Uh, that's pretty cool. Game has been um, on early access for a long time. It's a really cool game, and it, again, it's one of those games that is perfect for the Switch. It seems yeah, after and games the, coming the, out. I know Dead Cells was one of the ones that uh, a couple of people um, on the Game of the Year last uh, for for 2017 uh, talked about um, as as kind of their some of their favorite games and of last year. So I'm really looking forward to it coming out into a full release and getting it on on the switch and playing it nonstop and yeah <laughs> yeah agreed um yeah for those who don't know it is a uh not a major metroidvania it's a metroid uh rogue yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's like it's like a rogue a roguelite mixed with a uh, metroidvania so there's um that you can the metroidvania elements of the platforming and you gather uh like tools to be able to traverse better um i think every that, run I, yeah stuff like that so it, it it's cool it is cool um and with very weird pixel graphics that are really interesting so they look really really good yeah french uh studio by the way so mm-hmm. there you go a little bit of uh favoritism here um <laughs> Igar- uh, koji igarashi has announced bloodstain curse of the moon on may 24th uh, curse of the moon is not symphony uh, no not symphony of the night what's the name of the actual bloodstain uh, game crap. um ritual it, of the night there you go night, yeah. it is absolutely not castlevania <laughs> um <laughs> so curse of the moon is was basically a stretch goal for their ki- kickstarter and it's mm-hmm. a an 8-bit game an 8-bit style game um for the universe of uh of bloodstained and <clears throat> coming kind of out a throwback to to the original castlevania yeah uh trilogy it very very much looks like it's not retro pixel style it is an nes game like that game could yeah. come out on the nes uh for a switch service and it would look completely <laughs> at home um it, it it's really weird because it feels so much like castlevania the original one mm-hmm. it is uncanny um and it's going to be coming out it's like 10 bucks it was developed by inti creates um 10 bucks it's coming out on may 24th and uh, we still don't have a date for ritual of the night obviously but uh, it will come out later but that will be basically the 16-bit style version of that game um yeah and uh yeah it's it's i mean i supported the kickstarter so i'll i'll get it and we'll see what happens oh yeah i did too but um oh, oh you did sweet. too there i'll you get go. it for I, I was thinking about it i was like oh i don't i'm not sure like 10 bucks <laughs> is a pretty good deal and then i remembered that i supported the kickstarter so there so you we'll go I, wait i i think they just asked me what platform i wanted it on and i can't remember oh, yeah. if i said if it was available to get on switch i hope it is because again that's I know it's coming out on the Switch. Yes, it is, Uh, but I I, so it would need to be available through the Kickstarter campaign on Switch as well, right? Right, would have to be. Okay, I would think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the Nintendo Online Store supports um, like uh, codes and codes and stuff like that. So yeah, so. There you go. We'll see how that goes. I'll I'll check that out. Oh, I also have Umbra. Um, <laughs> which don't get distracted is... by, kick, by Kickstarter. Some I'm doing it, so someone has to finish the show. <laughs> All right. Well, I will stop looking at Kickstarter, Kickstarter, and tell you about. Uh, well, do we really need to talk about Warmind, the expansion for Destiny, the like small expansion? I mean, that would be an entire discussion that you would lead. 
though. Yeah, it's yeah, let's not. It's an expansion for Destiny. It doesn't really fix the core issues that Destiny 2 has. Um provides a little bit more content. I toyed with the idea of getting it for like a half second and then realized I had a million other things I wanted to do. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll see what happens with Comet or the expansion for Destiny 2, the real expansion. Uh, Steam has announced that Steam Link and Steam Video uh, are going to be available for iOS and uh, and Android. Or wait, I thought it was only iOS. No, it's both um, mobile and also Apple TV. By the way, it's uh, Android yeah. and iOS. Yeah. So all devices, mobile devices, and Apple TV and uh, TV uh, TV sticks for Android. And you're going to be able to stream your games to your Apple TV and it's going to be compatible or your phone. Um, and it's going to be compatible with the Steam controller and other controllers as well. I don't think you're going to be able to connect your Steam controller to your iOS device. So yeah, that's yeah, a different the, thing. The, I think it will actually. Oh, the, does it work see, through it Bluetooth? It seems like or? it says that the, it'll go through Bluetooth. Um, Excellent. But, but the, obviously the other controllers... Um, they use Bluetooth, but they use like a um, a proprietary, proprietary like yeah. uh, like hook into Bluetooth, so yeah. it, it won't work as well. You but, have some um, uh, made for iPhone uh, yeah, yeah. controllers that are okay. Um, so is that something you like? I could see myself using the Apple TV for this uh, because I happen to have one. I, I can see, and you know, this explains why they've been fire sell selling the um, Steam Links in the past couple of steam sales like it was five bucks for the for the device like plugging it in as well is a little bit of a hassle and it's not as good as playing on the pc obviously there's a little tiny little bit of a lag so it was kind of never plugged in but if it's possible to use it on the box that's already plugged into my um apple my tv then sure why not i'll i might use it from time to time yeah, I mean, I I think it, I think it's cool. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna try it out on on the phones. I don't have like an iPad or an Apple TV or anything like that. Um, mm. it, I have a Fire TV, um, but that right now that's sitting on the TV connected to the same TV that Steam Link is. So I don't really see the the benefit of of doing that. Mm. Um, I think I right now the my my big hang up is mostly uh. The fact that um, my Wi-Fi doesn't seem to work that well for streaming games. Um, I've tried streaming uh, Steam to from my desktop upstairs to my laptop downstairs, and that doesn't seem to work that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steam Link works okay, so most of the most of the problems I have, I think, are Wi-Fi related and not really like um, connected to the um, the Steam Link itself. Right. Yeah, it's always better to connect it wired but um right yeah yeah, i think that's that's kind of cool i i especially if it works over like the internet it's not Mm going to work for every game as always but uh if you have a good enough connections i connection i think you might be able to play some games remotely um but even if you can't it's it's okay to uh like it's not the revolutionary feature everyone had been waiting for but i think it's a nice plus um we've had some financial results for basically 
every company is doing fine, is doing great. We talked a little <laughs> bit about the manufacturers last uh, episode, and now we have news from like Activision, EA, uh, Ubisoft, and the ja Japanese ones as well, like Capcom is riding the Monster Hunter wave into uh, uh, the sunset. Uh, Bandai Namco is super happy with the performance of Dragon Ball. Uh, Square Enix is happy, even Konami is doing well, mostly thanks to its games. They have a bunch of other things, but uh, their games are doing well on mobile, which is their main <laughs> uh, platform. But still, so everyone's doing uh, super well, making a lot of money, good for them. There's one thing that was really interesting that uh, came out of those. Uh, basically, EA, during the EA call, uh, the CFO, who's called Blake Jorgensen, Uh, sort of implied that there are 30 million Xbox One consoles in the wild now, basically sold uh, to customers. Uh, he basically said there are 103 uh consoles for this generation that we can, you know, our, our customer or our potential customer base is not customer base. How did he say it? Um, the, the market is 103 million Uh, devices. And we know that there are about 73 million PlayStation consoles uh, sold, so we can kind of infer uh, that there are 30 million Xbox Ones, which, you know, he probably would have that information from their partners at, at Microsoft, um, or at least very uh, astute market surveys. And um, so I didn't think this It was this quote-unquote bad for Microsoft. It's definitely a, a, a very low number compared to what they had last uh, cycle where they were about parity. And I thought they were around 30 million, um, I don't know, mid last year. And this is a number for end of last year, end of 2017. Um, it's looking like the PlayStation 4 over the course of its uh, life will reach maybe 100 million, maybe shy of 100 million, but the it's more than double what the Xbox is doing. Um, as people reminded me on, on Twitter, it's nowhere near what the PlayStation 2 did over the, the cycle of the console, <laughs> which was like 150 million or something ridiculous like that. Um, but still, it's, it's a significant difference between the two consoles. At this pace... I mean, we'll still have to wait and see what happens with the Switch this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Switch catches up to Microsoft within a couple of years, which is kind of scary. Um, but yeah, 30 million Xbox Ones, it seems. That's less than I thought. It's funny that the EA was the person, or what's the group that last time uh, leaked the... Right. The numbers for xbox it's just, it's just they just can't get over themselves that they like being the source of the the xbox one numbers yeah so, yeah they it's um, the second time they did it yeah but yeah i mean they're the switch if the switch outsells microsoft microsoft is going to have a uh have a deep hard look at themselves in the mirror Well, I, that's, I guess, what we've been saying. It's a recurring theme for this episode. Uh, yeah. This is basically what we're hoping they've been doing for the past for the past couple of years. If they start look, taking a deep look at themselves now, sorry, but it's a bit too late. Yeah, too late. Um, exactly. Anyway. Uh, so that's it for financials, which everyone's happy about. I did want to mention... Uh, one quick comment. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. The, the, you can uh, get the... The 
the Bloodstained spinoff, uh, retro spinoff game for the Switch. Um, Excellent. The stuff. Yay. Yeah. I'm happy. So I probably yeah. did that. I don't remember, but I probably did. Uh, I'll send you a link afterwards. You can go oh, do I, your I, survey and do again. I, I think I already did. I filled the okay. survey already. Okay. So yeah, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll check if I deleted the email and go check out that survey. Action required. Finalized your <laughs> bloodstained survey. Retro spinoff. Access your backer survey. It's probably going to tell me I already filled it. You are a backer. Change upgrade. Change answer. All right, let's see. This is fascinating. Oh, <sighs> wait. I Ritual of the night is the one that I want. But, oh, did I not? The retro spinoff. Thank you. I do need to get it for Switch. I just changed my answer. So... There you go. For the retro spinoff, actually, maybe I should do a switch for the other one as well. That's what I did. Yes, excellent. So this is a reminder to all of you who are backers of uh, Bloodstained. Just go cha change the, um, the answer if you selected PlayStation 4 because you probably want it on, on the Switch. All right, uh, what else? Uh, yes, I did want to talk about Fortnite. Oh, just in just a second. The SNK retro thing is um, a, a mini arcade cabinet. It has 40 games, which I'm still not going to get it. I thought it, was prob it might be an actual uh, uh, mini console to plug into your TV. And this has a... Uh, I mean, it can be plugged into the TV, so you can still do it, but it's a little bit cumbersome. Uh, it has a 3.5-inch display, which is really <laughs> tiny. I mean, sure, why not? I'm not going to eh, buy it. Not for me. Yeah. I'm, it's, But, you know, some people are going to like it. There are games like, you know, King of Fighters 97 and 98. There's uh, Samurai Showdown 2, Metal Slug, uh, Real Bout, Fatal, Fatal Fury 2, The Newcomers, a bunch of bunch of games um i feel like all of those games already have them though on steam or something like that but um anyway so there you go uh the connect is coming back connect is coming back via a holo uh, um, hololens cloud powered thing where you're going to be able to get the sensors and build your own application and use the cloud the power of azure cloud to do stuff so the, the, the interesting thing is that they never took advantage of the Kinect technology for games, but they sort of embraced the uh, modding community that used the Kinect for other stuff. And now it's kind of a uh, proper version of that, where they're going to enable people to tinker with it and actually build proper uh, uh, devices, applications, services right. with the Kinect technology. So that's kind of cool in that way, but it's not gaming, so... Um, Fortnite. Let's talk a little bit about Fortnite because I, I sort played of, that game. I I Finally. did too. Finally, as well. Wow, yeah. it's like we're we're like, synced. Like, like two nights ago. <laughs> so I played a few hours of it because I figured I I needed to. You know, it's so big. I need to understand what it is. Um, mm -hmm. So, what did you think? I thought it was you know delightful. Really? Um, That's it, a, a that, more positive uh, adjective than I would have expected <laughs> for some reason. Uh, no, the I liked it. The the shooting is pretty good. Um, the the building mechanic is a nice little twist on on things. Um, 
I definitely played in with people that played a lot longer than I had. So um, it's like you shoot them and they immediately put up like uh, four walls around them so you can't even get to them, you know, mm. um, stuff like that. But I, 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 you know, I like the um, I th- I understand how the hook can be addictive. Um, I don't, I'm not sure the that the entire idea of the game is still for me. Like I'm not sure if I'm gonna if, how much I'm gonna go back to it. But uh, but the the couple hours that I put into it um, was fun. Yeah, I think I'm more or less on the same page as you are. Um, the the game itself is very well executed. I can start seeing how you know you you can choose the places you go on the map, and it kind of builds its own little portion of the game depending on where you land and if you choose to go where there are lots of people already or if you go in a remote location and the different places really are uh, very different there are places where you have little power-ups that allow you to jump uh higher and for a short time and stuff like that it's it really is like a whole not a whole world but it's not just jump in kill a few people and hope you make it to first place at a very basic level it is but there's a um a whole a whole progression to get through it's almost like a MOBA in that way like there's the early game the mid game the late game and um it changes depending where you go and it's different every time so I, i again i think it's one of those those things that is not for me but that i um understand now a little bit better uh, and more importantly they have a mastery of the mm, continued fun that they are feeding into the game that is mm-hmm. quite commendable uh the thing that sort of led me to finally give it give it a try was the um infinity war a promotion right. partnership thing where they have a mode where one player can get the infinity gauntlet and transform into Thanos and actually wreck other players. So you can <laughs> league together to take him down and then the glove falls down and one can get it again. And like, it's a, it's a interesting uh, concept and they have a bunch of different modes. Like they have 50 versus 50, which is on now in its second iteration and you can choose the different modes. You can choose squads or whatever. There are a bunch of different things. Um, it really confirms this feeling that Epic is a very adept company at managing a game yep. and they are eating, uh, you know, Blue Holes or the PUBG Corporation's lunch, it feels like right now. Um, yeah. Because I mean, they're, they're... they are keeping the game alive. Pub- PUBG, in comparison, feels like a dead wasteland. Well, I think that the, the one I, I, sorry, thing that just, they're... Uh... Sorry, I just want to specify. A dead wasteland in the in terms of updates and fun and interesting right. things coming all the time. The game is still, I'm pretty sure, very successful for what it is. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps that Fortnite is free to play, you know? Of course, of course. The, um, that I, I, my friend that, that kind of was like, you should come play this game. He's like, yeah, I already bought the little uh, Battle Pass thing or whatever, and he's only been playing it for like a day. Um, so obviously they have the right the right hooks in there to get to get some people reeled in. But um, I, I think that, yeah, the the fact that it's free to play allows people to kind of just jump in and try it out and, and see what it's about and then get hooked. And I think that's that's nothing but a um, a good thing for Epic um, in this case. Yeah, I do want to mention a little bit, you know, there, there are things like 
uh, the, the hatch that people are looking at and there were, were meteors coming before the start of this season. And for people who don't know how it works, um, you, you can play for free, of course, and all of the items, everything you can get in the game is cosmetic. So it will never affect gameplay. So that's a good thing, obviously. Uh, there are no loot boxes, uh, but you can buy individual items which are, as I said, skins or uh, sprays or emotes and stuff like that. Or, and you can buy the battle pass. What is it? 10 bucks, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, 10 bucks for the season. And uh, when you buy the battle pass, you accumulate rewards. The, the more you play, the more rewards you get. Um, so if you play a lot, you get all of the rewards from the battle pass. And if you play just a little bit, you get some of, of the rewards. And you also have a free battle pass. It's called the free pass. And those get you a few rewards, but they are very, very, very few. Um, it's like, I don't know, maybe a tenth of what you get for the paid battle pass. Um, and they are not very interesting, which is fair. Um, it, it did shock me a little bit, however... Um, how expensive the things were and the items yeah you mean yeah. because the skins are like 10 bucks or over 10 you have to buy like v bucks uh to get those to buy those items so it doesn't translate exactly but it's about 10 bucks for the skins um and about five bucks for the smaller items like the smaller um less interesting emotes and sprays and stuff like that um 10 bucks and five bucks you know, this isn't to jump back into the, the whole controversy about loot boxes. But if you play for free, you really don't get a lot at all. Like, there are no way... Of, there are very, very few V-Bucks that you're going to get, like a ridiculously small amount. Um, and you don't get anything when you're playing for free. Unlike, uh, like, it's less than a game like Hearthstone, for example. You get a lot right. less than that, I would say. Maybe I'm wrong i'm happy to be uh, uh you know corrected but that's my feeling having played around a little bit with all of it um so you get very little and if you want to buy into it the battle pass is probably what you want to get which is 10 bucks i think it's a fair price but there are so many kids playing it and the skins and the things <laughs> like that i'm wondering if the people um you know lamenting loot boxes i mean you know that the kids are going to want that exclusive skin just as much in this game as they can in it, as they do in the other games right. and it seems like the prices are it's not <clears throat> i'm not trying to say it's better or worse but if you're very worried about the practices of the, the games that have loot boxes i would think that you probably should be a little bit worried about those as well because it feels like energy type games like the 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 way they keep you coming back into this game are very reminiscent of some of the mechanics from mobile games where I don't know it feels it did feel a little bit icky in the way not as much but in the way that some of the mobile games do in some of the ways that the worst uh the worst loot box based games do as well now of course this one right. is free to play and and everything is cosme cosmetic so i wouldn't I, personally i don't really have a problem for it but i guess my point is if you have a problem with the practices of other games i'm wondering why no one has ever mentioned anything about this one 
because it's not as clean as I think you might expect. What What do you think? Are you were you I, taken aback by it or not? I, I mean, I I was mostly focusing on getting into the games. I didn't really look at the, the right. prices of anything. So, um, but the fact that you said that, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worrying. Um, I think that that one thing that's a little bit different than um, playing on uh, an iOS game is most of the time on an iOS game, you are, the parent already has its their credit card kind of in the in the iOS ecosystem, so it's easy just to pre- press a button and buy something. Mm. Um, versus on the Xbox, they have I think they have a little bit more fine tuned control over that. They they have uh, the parental controls are are really good on there. Um, uh, PS4 too, and also like they have since it's a free to play download game, they have to go to their parents and be like, "Hey, can you put your credit card in here?" You know, to uh, yeah, I think, but I think it's to, the same. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, we're we're it's the same thing with the the loot boxes. You know that mm-hmm. you you get not on iOS. I think you know iOS and Android mobile games are the scourge of the earth. I think we we <laughs> we are all in agreement uh, in that regard. Um, but I think this is kind of the same thing. And you can see the kids going like, oh, I want the skin, please. I like my friends all have it. And can you give me 10 bucks? <laughs> and, and, you know, 10 bucks is not, if you're playing video games, it seems like if over the course of six months, you're going to buy six battle passes. So that's 60 bucks. If, you're, if your kid is playing it all the time and it's a game that is really a huge amount of fun, I think it's mm-hmm. worth it. But it's just the it's not less worth it than 10 bucks worth of loot boxes every month. You know, that's, right. I think my, my, the point I'm trying to make, if you enjoy loot boxes, um, res- responsibly, it, you're probably going to be able to enjoy this game responsibly as well. And they have, you know, the daily deals on skins, they disappear in just a day. So you have to get <laughs> it now. And you know, all of those little things that will encourage you to, to get them. And if you don't have impulse control for loot boxes, I'm wondering if you will have impulse control for these things, you know, if you will have impulse control for this uh, or not. Right. So anyway, so that I I thought it was interesting that that to me it felt not, again, not as bad. I'm not trying to to say, oh, it's all the same, but a little bit of uh, nuance. Um, and I guess that is about it. There was a survey about, um, an interesting academic survey about, uh, reviews on, um, platforms on, on digital distribution platforms that yielded some surprising results. It was, uh, uh, a very serious, as I said, academic study that found that most people, the median, uh, time before posting a review was about 13 hours of, uh, gameplay, 13.5 um the the free to play games it's more like uh 1 hour of, of game time of game time and the negative reviews usually it's around 7 hours of game time which again i think is very reasonable you know i wouldn't expect most people who post reviews to be playing 13 hours of a game before they do uh even for a negative one if someone doesn't like the game after 7 hours it's probably warranted that they would say well i it's not really a game i like or they would criticize it in some way uh they've also found that uh bugs are less of a problem than gameplay issues so your game if it's got solid gameplay uh, solid gameplay foundation then the bugs aren't as problematic as you might think um so it's important to get the gameplay right and uh findings like that which i thought were quite surprising i think i think the the bug thing 
kind of goes back to the discussion we had earlier about uh, like Destiny, about the the gameplay really selling really selling a game more than anything else. Right. Um, I, I there there are def there have definitely been games that I picked up that um have kind of like middling reviews, and I'm like, oh okay, maybe maybe I'll give it a try anyway. But you you pick it up and it doesn't feel right, like to move the character around or to to do the combat, then you're just not you kind of quickly lose interest. Um, So I I totally see that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And the 13 hours median time before posting a review, like it really gives you faith into the the, the gamer community (laughs) and the internet. It's like, what? You mean people just don't just post an angry review after an hour? That's surprising. Well, I mean, I'm I'm consistently amazed by how um, how it seems positive steam reviews are like you don't see a lot of a lot of reviews for things online that are that are overly positive on things but if you look at if you look at games that are, that are very successful and and stuff like that you'll see uh the the little thing on the right that says like overwhelmingly positive or, or like most people right, consider right. this positive and stuff like that and, and that's just kind of the uh, hardening in its own uh in its own part true true All right, well, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for being on with me and waking up to do it. Yeah, (laughs) thank you for being patient uh, and waiting for my alarm to go off that I set 30 minutes too late. (laughs) That is fine. Please tell the uh, fine folks listening where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's at at Adesis. I stream uh, Wednesday nights now, uh, uh, 9 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time um, on 4pp.tv, and that's our that's our uh, our website that, that links to our Twitch channel. Um, we have a podcast uh, that I'm not on, but uh, other people for the website are on on that records Thursday nights. Um, and I think tomorrow I'm going to be playing Frostpunk, which is the game by the This War of Mine developers. Um, right. I, I, Apparently, I, I it's incredibly the- depressing. Yeah, it is, it is totally. Um, I played the first like uh, forty days of of the main story, and I think I'm coming up on the end game for it. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of fin- finishing that up and then uh, starting something new after that. So recommend it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. It's a lot of fun. And for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find all of my stuff there. You can also go to frenchspin.com if you want to find this show and uh, another one called The Phileas Club, where we talk about news and international politics and stuff like that. And we're friendly and it's a fun time. So maybe you should check it out. I really like the discussion you had with with the gun owners, by the way. You Um, did? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I I mean, coming from an American who um, who knows some people that have guns, but it's not like my big thing. It was very, very informative and interesting to hear a different perspective on that. On that well, debate. there you go. You Especially can go the, check out the, the fact yeah. that you managed to, to turn them into uh, a, a little bit more in the middle on things than uh, I, I think, than, uh, than what everyone thinks these people that love guns are, are like, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the something we've consistently found on the show where we were talking about somewhat contentious topics is that, yes, we usually don't agree, but we're a lot more amiable to, you know, discussing things and, and arguing mm-hmm. things in a civil manner than maybe what, I don't want to say the media portrays, but what we think of each other um, because of what the media and the internet and each other uh, and we all uh, and politicians and, yeah. and everyone kind of involved in the whole thing. Yeah. I, I agree. 
So if you want to check that show out, it's available at frenchspin.com. The link to that site is in the show notes. And uh, check out the Gun Owners special. That's one that you might be interested in. Uh, For the next episode, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. We'll be relatively close to E3, so we might skip it. Uh, We might not, but for E3, we will probably be doing the um, usual... Uh, live commentary with our friend Scott Johnson. Um, We usually do most of the uh, keynotes that is really something fun. We we love doing together, um, commenting the the keynotes or the press conferences is something that is like our Super Bowl for for nerds and gamers. So we always always love doing that. You can check out my my Twitter or my Facebook for the details on that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, And that's going to be it. We will talk to you. I might do a solo show for the next one, a quick one. We'll see if there's stuff to talk about. If not, it will be E3. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.